Welcome to Hard Talk, a podcast that looks at how we use technology and specifically ICTs in our daily professional and personal lives. Be it technological advancement in the transport industry, the revolution caused by the mobile phone, I also cover the disruption it is causing in the food and also the building industry. I'm your host, Robert Yawe, an ICT practitioner with over 30 years experience. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you already know that it is based on hard talk articles on the monthly edition of the CIO East Africa magazine. Earlier this week, I was going through an article I wrote on volume 2, issue 12. This was back in March 2011. The title was From Mobile to Fixed Data. To many of you, this most likely makes absolutely no sense because you know nothing else but mobile. In that article, I questioned if our mobile service providers are ready. And you asked me for what? Whether they were ready to move us from fixed line to mobile. Nine years down the road, I was thinking about the inception, the progress, and how the future might span out. So before we come to the present, let's walk down memory lane and look at what life was like before mobile became all-pervasive. Nowadays, when in class, I usually ask students if they know what a phone booth is. And to many of them, they do not. Because they never got to experience the fun of sticking coins on top and watching them get swallowed as you continue to talk. But the interesting thing, being the innovative people we were, we found ways to circumvent the system. We actually had a way of tricking the system to think it had received coins, yet it had not. Or learn to do reverse calls. And you'd sit in the booth and wonder why this person is not finishing their calls. It was a good time. It was a good old days, I would say. But how bad was it? I think if you went through it, it was not. It was an interesting time. We planned before we made phone calls. Today, you make calls when you don't really know why you're making the phone call. Today, you raise issues because somebody didn't pick up the phone. Yet, you had no appointment for them to call you. For us with the phone booth, it was all about keeping time and being prepared. So, for example, if you knew you were going to, you need to have a date with somebody during the school holidays, you had to have known the phone number of the booth near your home, then send it to her in a letter, and you agree specific date, time, when the call should be made, including AM or PM. Nowadays, it's interesting that I hear people, to onget to Kifika town. You know, no planning, no strategizing, and we wonder why things are not working out. The phone booth actually kept us organized. It might be time we went back there. So... When mobile started kicking in, I remember I used to pay 27 shillings per minute and I paid the additional three shillings. And if you called me, I still paid for that call. So when I hear people complaining that at four shillings or three shillings, mobile calls are expensive, I wonder what they're talking about. Synaptic Solutions is an ICT company dedicated to enabling infrastructure visibility. We provide smart monitoring of your data facilities by implementing intelligent environment monitoring systems. For more, contact us on plus 254-7294-83385 or email us on smartdatacenter at synaptic.co.ke. Synaptic, spelt S-Y-N-A-P-T-E-C-H. Synaptic Solutions, enabling infrastructure visibility. 
So what did mobile do to us? It made us less effective, less organized in our lives. How do we solve this, I wonder? I normally keep having people sending me WhatsApp messages for appointments. And then I tell them, you know, what I want you to do is go to Google, create a Google Calendar request so that it comes into my... And they keep wondering, why do I want this long process? Well, it's because WhatsApp is more of a broadcast platform, which I think is, is a bit of the stonage. People should be able to get more organized. If you do a calendar invite... It means that it gets registered directly into my, my calendar. And when I'm planning my day in the morning, I can look through it. I don't know whether it's that I'm a geek or maybe I've just grown old and I still want to remember the days of carrying around a, a diary. I wonder if people still buy diaries today. Although I do see some sold on the streets, wonder what people do with them, yet they're carrying more advanced calendars in their pockets. The transition from landline for fixed line to mobile was very interesting because I can remember applying for a fixed line service years back and you'd actually have to pay technicians to find a pair it take weeks on end before this happened. Then when mobile came up, you walk in, you buy a SIM card, plug it into your phone, and you're up and running. Yet today I've seen people who's, who tell you, oh, Nilpotez a number. So exactly how did you lose your number? If you lose your phone and your SIM card, all you need to do is to go back and get another SIM card and get back your number. Is it that I'm more intelligent than most? Or is it that look and learn doesn't seem to be working anymore? I've kept my numbers ever since I got a mobile phone. And this is sometime in the 90s. And why? Because it's a permanent mode of communication. You can find me whether we met in 2010, whether we met in 2004, whether we met in 1995. Okay, no, 1999, which is, I think, around the time I got my first mobile phone. But your mobile phone is important. It's critical to keep the same number, but yet we don't. We keep letting go of them, which tells me that maybe as a people, we aren't fully ready for this. I know that soon what we are migrating to is IPv6. What IPv6 is supposed to do is that basically you'll be allocated a public IP address for all your devices. The interesting thing is it means that the government can monitor you everywhere and anywhere. And now with the launch of the, the, the communications bill, or which is now I believe the communications act, now that the court said that the noisemakers on social media do not qualify to stop an act from being implemented, which means government will now know where you are, who you're with, what you're doing. So it doesn't matter whether you tweet from your phone, from a cyber cafe, you'll have to retain your IPv6 address. And this should be an interesting discussion as we go forward, especially since 90% of you don't really understand what I just said. But hopefully, you'll at least take the time to just Google it. It doesn't cost you a thing. AVTech is a leading systems integrator that provides environmental monitoring for your data center, server rooms, and even cold storage facilities. We are inspiring imagination. We are striving for innovation. Together, we are advancing world-class integration. These products are available in Kenya from Synaptic Solutions. AVTech. IT and facilities environment monitoring made easy. So ask yourself, has mobile really helped us? Or do we have a generation that since they do not know what the alternative was, they are not appreciative of the capabilities available now? This morning when I left the house, a team of salespeople from Safaricom were busy running all over the estate trying to convince people to get fiber connections. So I kept wondering, Safaricom is supposed to be a mobile company. So what are they doing running around pulling cable all over the place? Yet they're the ones who told us that cable was wrong. Cable wasn't the right thing to go for. And also as they tell us about 5G, shouldn't 5G make it more efficient for us then to receive signals in our homes via mobile instead of pulling cable 
So if cable is more efficient, then shouldn't telecom be taking advantage of this to move forward? Or did they keep chasing after the mobile companies that they forgot the investment they already had in the ground of copper wire and fiber? So it's very interesting when you chase something without understanding where it's really going. And I suspect this was more a run around a track. And telecom saw Safaricom running ahead and they kept chasing them just to find out that they were going around the track and getting back to where they were before. A couple of years back, I remember, I think must have been 15 years or so ago, having a conversation with Telcom about how to leverage the copper they already had in the ground. And the MD at that time told me that copper is dead. The future is mobile. I wonder if you'd say the same thing today when he finds out that the competitor who they were chasing after has actually gone full circle and is doing exactly what they used to do, pulling cable. It might be fiber cable, but to me it's still cable. So now that the largest player is now busy pulling cable in the ground, what should really happen? Should telecom kick in and become more efficient? more effective? Or do they even remember where that copper is? Because they fired most of the technicians who could terminate a pair from Milimani to Mombasa and replaced them with people who were supposed to be experts in, in spectrum. So now that means that the same people they most likely laid off must be hired by their competitor who is now using them to continue to lay the fiber down in the ground. The time I realized that wireless wasn't as powerful as we thought or as important was when we actually pulled a fiber cable all the way from Mombasa to Fujairah in the Middle East. And then from Fujairah, got into a cable which then carried us across to the UK. Physical cable is powerful. It's more powerful than wireless because it can provide a reliable service. The interesting thing is that when Safaricom was moving away from mobile to fixed services, they came and installed a service for us. And in the process, the technician forgot to actually take details of where we physically were located. So I can remember calling customer service and somebody asking me where I'm situated. It was quite a hilarious scenario that you've pulled a cable to me and yet you don't know where you actually terminated it. Safaricom finally resolved the issue. I hope this was resolved for also all the other customers of theirs and they would be able to find out where the customers with physical connections are. So back to my 2011 article, I asked, are our providers ready? If you ask me, I don't think they were. And that is why we are seeing major transitions taking place within the providers, as they try to find a model which is applicable to this part of the world. More recently, you might have noticed that Safaricom is now offering ISDN services and so are the others. A service that Telcom terminated without appreciating the fact that as an organization, the last thing you want is to give your clients 600 different mobile numbers to track you. Giving numbers of employees who would leave, they walk away with your numbers, is now starting to be felt by a lot of organizations. An organization needs to have a single number. And how do you solve this? ISDN means that you can give away a single number and have thousands of concurrent calls through the same number. I look at it when you go and you call a switchboard and the person transfers you to an extension and the phone rings and rings and rings and rings indefinitely. With the receptionist forgetting one thing, chances are the phone at the other end does not have a call log to tell the person who I tried to call or not. What people need to reintroduce are things like voicemail, which is critical. How you program your, your switchboards and PAPXs to make sure that if a call gets sent to an extension, after a certain number of rings, it should be redirected either back to the reception. And all these are skills that lack in our mobile carpet providers. Their team are people who know of a point, what I think you call a C2C. It's a client-to-client call. They don't understand the B2C, whereby when I call an organization, I want to know I'm dealing with an organization or with an individual. It's so bad that Safaricom themselves have a triple zero, triple zero number, which you can't call back when somebody called you. If they had come from the wired days, they might have a better appreciation of why if somebody calls me from your organization, there must be a way for me to call the person back. 
Otherwise, we keep playing phone tag for days and days on end. Communication is the same from the time of smoke signals to date. It's a means to get message across. If the technology you're using does not allow you to get a message across, then there is no communication taking place. And that is what is happening today. You go through four or five different platforms to communicate with the same person with information being disjointed. The next killer app, I can assure you, will be the one that can consolidate all this to one platform, whereby from one screen I can see our voice call conversations, our WhatsApp conversations, our SMS conversations, and our email conversations. Sadly, our communications companies are not ready to move us to the next step in communications. This podcast is hosted by Robert Yahweh and the content is based on articles written on the monthly magazine CIO East Africa. Production is done by Acute Media.